welcome to Media Plus from the Mac Observer, our weekly look at the world of digital media and Apple's place in it. And we've got a bit of a special show today. I've got not one, but two lovely guests. So hello, Tom Merritt. Hello, Charlotte. Thank you for coming back. We've had you a couple of times in recent weeks. I'm very pleased to see you. And I suppose we better let him back as well. It's that Jeff Gamut. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing well. And uh, and, and I'm totally fine with uh, with you needing to bring me on to, you know, to do like social work or or maybe it's therapy. I won't ask for who. I won't ask for which one of the three of us that is for. Um, maybe the answer is all three of us at this point of yeah, the last yeah, 18 it's, months it's, or so. Yeah, it's for that, me. That's Thank you, Jeff. Likely. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but actually, that's, a, that's as good an introduction as any, frankly, to our... Our topic today, which is, of course, it could only be Ted Lasso season two. It's, there's only it's what we had to discuss. And the kind of idea of big group therapy, I think, plays quite nicely into Ted Lasso because I think season one really was that for a lot of people. It was a lovely, lovely, happy, uplifting show at the height of a pretty horrible time for the world. Right. But now we're at season two. What did you make of it, Tom Merritt? Um, my, my, I wouldn't say fear would be overstating it. My concern was that season one kept surprising me. I kept thinking, okay, it's, it's done its thing. It can't get any better. I'll still enjoy it. And then they would surprise me and have the dartboard episode, or they would surprise me and, and have a twist. And I would be like, my gosh, I know, uh, you did it again. So going into season two, I was thinking, okay, I doubt you're going to keep doing that all the way into season two. Uh, and this first episode started by subverting my expectations vis a vis the dog uh, and making me well, look would... back after watching it and thinking, I should absolutely have hated that trick they pulled. And I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't. Now, the rest of the episode I felt was a little bit of the predictable Ted Lasso uh, piling on some of the the things you would expect, uh, you know, with the girl talk and and, and things like that. Uh, so I wasn't seeing too many crazy surprises other than them opening with with that, that big one. But to me, that signals that we're headed toward a season that We'll still have some surprises Surprise in store in for me. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was a lovely uh, return to the Ted Lasso universe. Yes. I think we should probably give this show a spoiler alert so that we don't have to talk in code for the next 25 minutes. Um, so if you haven't listened to Ted Lasso, watch Ted Lasso season two, episode one, go and watch it and then come back and listen to us talk about it. Please come yeah, and rejoin we'll us afterwards. But I think we're going to, ha- we'll have to talk about it in kind of blunt terms. Yeah, yeah, so now I can be spoilery? Go, go spoiler. You, you can't spoiler open a that, season of Ted Lasso, the most positive show in the world, and kill a dog, and then also have me still like the episode. That's crazy. I feel sorry it's for a, the guy that killed the dog. Oh, and, and, well, and that was the introduction to what seems to be one of our arcs, is the therapist, the psychologist who comes mm-hmm. in and helps repair him, because here's football is life right and now suddenly football is death uh but you know we we have this this incredibly you know uh amazing uh therapist who comes in and helps him understand that football is life football is death but football is also still life and football yeah. is football and and i i didn't think that was as strong 
as some of the other moves that they've made, but it was also episode one. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see that Danny is fine, I guess. Yes. And <laughs> um, what did you make of it all, Jeff? Well, uh, I, I was equally surprised by, uh, by Earl's demise. Um, the, as the episode started and Danny goes in to, to do his kick and, uh, and then the dog is suddenly off leash and it's slow motion cutting back and forth. I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and uh, and I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I knew it was not going to be good. It was not going and to be good. And then no. when, uh, when it, it was Earl dying, I was like, holy crap, we're like three minutes into an episode and they killed a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a quite a shocking start. I was this is one of those incidents where I have to suspend my football fan disbelief and be like, because in a they're in the league now. I believe it would be effectively be what we know as the championship, the one below the Premier League, and these are like still very high caliber stadiums and teams, and you would not have a dog on the side of the pitch during the game. You may well uh, have unless a unless you needed it to to further the the story. <laughs> yes, and it's exactly. fine, and it's a half hour comedy, fictional comedy, and we can go along with it. It doesn't have to be accurate, and we can suspend disbelief, and it's fine. But this was one of the moments in the show where I had to do that, and that's fine. Um, Ted's uh, response. The the whole setup is quite silly, though, isn't it? Let's be blunt. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 silly, it's contrived, and yet it works. Because it's Ted Lasso, and uh, and when they did that, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. And then they have the the uh, the the press meeting, mm-hmm. and they ask Ted about the dog, and Ted has his monologue, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're back. This is this is. COVID. They're talking about the death, the loss, the uh, the tragedy and the oh. sadness that we've all been experiencing over the past year and uh, year and a half. And uh, and Ted's explaining to us, look, it's okay to be sad, and it it will we'll all get through this. Mm-hmm. That's a really really good way to look at that. Uh, I like that. Because- yeah. I, 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 what, you know, I was like, oh, here's the Ted Lasso moment. And it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've come to expect them and it was great. Uh, I, I actually watched this episode twice. Uh, and each time I was, I was found myself moved by that speech of, in addition to what you're saying, Jeff, which I hadn't really thought of. Cause I, and I think you're no, dead I right. That it's it, a nice thought. I think yeah. there probably is some truth to what you say there, Jeff. I also yeah. think that, that, that what Ted was doing there was, uh, was telling us that, what we think we don't like may not stay the same, you know, what, what we, what we fear, uh, you know, may, may become a strength uh, later on. And I think Jeff, I think that just plays more into what you're saying. Uh, yeah. You know, our, our fear of COVID be, you know, eventually becoming a strength and all of that. That's really interesting. Well, well season one had uh, serendipity on its side because when te- when season one was filmed and edited, COVID wasn't really a thing yet. And, uh, and yet it was the perfect series for us dur- you know, during a, a lockdown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they had the, uh, 
I hate to use the term luxury, but the luxury of knowing that we're in the middle of this pandemic Mm -hmm. when they started working on season two. Yeah. So I I think that made it uh, uh, much easier for them to look at what they had done and see how they could build on that in a, in a positive way, which gave us the, the death of Earl. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things to unpack there. The first one is how, having interviewed Bill Lawrence about this very thing, about the who created the show, about this kind of the serendipity of this lovely, uplifting show turning up at the time when lots of people needed a lovely, uplifting show. He completely acknowledges that and knows that that was a huge advantage for season one. I would... So I'm now going to be the Debbie Downer on the show because I enjoyed it. I thought the first episode was fine. I thought there was nothing wrong with it, but it wasn't. There wasn't the like dartboard scene. There weren't some of those moments where you're just like, okay, they've actually cracked the code. This is absolutely, you know, this is as good as any of the Scrubs episodes Bill Lawrence did. This is like, this is top notch. It didn't quite hit those heights for me. There were still some very funny lines. I have to say, um, the couple that I thought jumped out was the haven't been this uncomfortable since wearing a red baseball cap at a Planned Parenthood convention, <laughs> delivered perfectly by Jason Sudeikis, I thought was very good. And, you know, when they're complaining about what do you call, you know, back home, we don't call a team playing badly, unluckily, what do we call them, coach? The New York Jets. Even <laughs> I got that one. I thought that was very good as well. Um, so those were two like genuinely laugh out loud moments. Um, but I thought, and I'm prepared to accept the rather silly setup of the death of Earl at the hands of a stray penalty kick. Um, but it's kind of look, and bear in mind that there has actually been a goal scored in the Premier League because it hit a beach ball that had been thrown on the pitch by a crowd member. So like this stuff, weird stuff happens. I'm prepared to accept it. The beach ball didn't survive either, but it was not the, as mourned as Earl, I would imagine. No. Probably it, not. No, no, no. But I thought, so for instance, the speech you both have talked about right at the beginning in the first press conference that we see, it kind of felt they were doing Ted Lasso by numbers. They knew mm. what they were doing. Like we were expecting that speech, right? We've got through three and a half, four minutes of the episode. Look, now we need a Ted monologue. It felt a little bit forced to me in the way that like that dartboard sequence didn't or, you know, there are other sequences in that, that first season. But well, because you don't see good. the dartboard sequence coming. But I yes. I agree with you that when he started that, you know, when I was a kid, I was and like, oh, like, here we go. Yeah, here yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah. The Ted Lasso moment. But he still brought me around by the end. I'm like, sure. oh, that was still pretty good. Um, I, I have a theory, Charlotte, that knowing that everybody's coming into season two with high expectations they wanted to tread that line of not necessarily exceeding them yet doing, mm-hmm. doing a, a, an episode that keeps you invested, but doesn't set it so high that they have to be sillier and sillier. And so yes. I think possibly what we're, what we're seeing in episode one is, Hey, this is all the Ted Lasso you're familiar with, but let's not spend all our ammunition in, in episode one. necessarily. No. And there's definitely mm-hmm. other stuff going on. And there's definitely some quite interesting character development going on with a few of the big characters, I think. And I want to talk to you about that after the break, because first I want to talk to you about HelloFresh. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips with less preparation, less effort and minimal cleanup required. So you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. This summer it has 
Everything you need to get grilling too. Grilling bundles, burger packs, surf and turf packs and more mean less shopping and more sizzle. It also offers great flexibility to easily customise your order on the app within minutes. I've really enjoyed cooking with HelloFresh over the last few weeks. That includes a delicious chicken and mushroom crumble that I made just this last weekend. And I've got some satay style beef mince and noodles with bell pepper and monge too to look forward to as well. I find the recipes really easy to follow, the produce really high quality, and it is really easy to customise your order. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 14media and use code 14media for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 14media and use the code 14media for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Right, so character development. There's a few things going on there, guys. Let's talk about... First of all, let's talk about Nate the Great because I think he's getting a bit of an edge. I think there is something going on with him that we're going to learn about later on in the series Mm -hmm. and I think it's quite interesting to watch. What's your take, Jeff? Um, Yes. And I could just stop there and say, yes, you've, you've got it. But I will elaborate. Uh, what we see with Nate the Great is, uh, is laying groundwork, which also yeah. shows what, what a, uh, a difficult task they had with this episode. Because like, like Tom was saying, they, they didn't want to, uh, to get all the way through the money shot in just the first episode. You can't have the dartboard scene in in season two, episode one. Uh, And they have all the characters that we know. We have to visit each of them and we have to do a setup for their story and growth arc throughout this, this season. Yeah, and uh, and we have a lot of characters, a lot of main characters that need to have these growth arcs. So there was a lot that was packed into this episode. Uh, but but watching what's going on with Nate, I'm like, okay, this this is not the Nate from season one. No, and that's made explicitly clear. Now and, we should yeah we should be honest. And the reason why Tom is being muted at this point is because he has actually seen all of them. Um, and so we're not going to let him spoil that far into the future. I but, promise. I promise I won't. Yeah. I, I've always you see seen what eight. I, we see, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I, could, I could say without uh, drawing on, on any uh, accidental future knowledge I may have acquired uh, <laughs> that uh, I did find it fascinating that instead of having Nate just become one of the three that they decided to show Nate maybe uh, growing a little too big for his britches there. Right. And and, and needing to be guided. Right. Which is more realistic than than somebody being like elevated and like, Oh, and now I'm the perfect person in this new role. Yeah. Right. He's gone from from the water boy to the, to a coach in season one. That's a difficult jump to make. That's got to go to your head. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he's gone from being a fan who was living the dream just by putting the kits out to being an assistant coach on the team. And yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of that and a bit of tension arising from that as the last few episodes go on. Um, the other one that I found, there was a couple of other relationships I found really interesting were done pretty cleverly. Um, I, th- I want to talk about the girl talk because I thought the way um, Keely and Rebecca have become friends is really good. I really like that sort of 
female dynamic going on. They, you know, they did, it was a bit of a cliche to do that scene where they're looking at a couple of things and two women are talking without finishing sentences and that kind of stuff. But it works and it illustrates the point and it was quite nice. Um, I thought that was nice and how they're kind of, she, you know, uh, Keely is re- kind of supporting Rebecca. She gets into the dating game again. And, you know, this power the woman who we were introduced to a season ago is the kind of all powerful, slightly wicked owner of the football club has become the kind of one that needs a bit of a shoulder to cry on or a bit of support. I think that's working quite nicely. Yeah, it's nice to see that vulnerability in her. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's earned in season one. It's, 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 not, I f- forget yes. that she was the wicked uh, opponent of Ted at this point because yeah. they so masterfully uh, brought her character along. Yep, yep, yep. And I find Roy and Keely's relationship really interesting. There's obviously something going on with Roy that he is not coping well with in retirement. All we see of him is talk coaching his like his niece's sort of under nines team, where someone like that would not have to do that if they didn't want to. You know, right. they try and get him to be a pundit on television. He's kind of not comfortable with doing that, not that interested. Kind of not comfortable? Like, just not interested, not not going for it at all. Um, and we see him do rejecting that, coaching his niece's team at school, and also hanging out with some yoga mums, which is nice. Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love Roy in this episode because it's, it's the Roy... It's the same Roy we saw in season one, but he's with yoga moms and, and a teen and a teen team. Uh, right. And it's just, it's beautiful that he's like, yeah, I am who I am. And the teacher has to be like, you can't really call them that, even if they are, uh, you know, it's just it's beautiful. I, 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 it's throwaway, but it's beautiful. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. obviously Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy, actually works as, I think, a, a executive producer, or one of the creators, one of the writers on the show. He's involved in he's not just an actor. He's involved in the production of the show. And so it's kind of quite intimately involved with it. I think they're using his character really well. And I I, like the relationship between him and Keely. And they go on a double date at the end, don't they, with Rebecca and some kind of rather generic suitor. And like he's like gives quite a romantic speech of how she, she deserves to have sort of the best in the world, which is kind of a nice side of Roy that you get to see. I think they... I think they've done a lot with his character. Um, we should talk about the new character as well. You've mentioned her a bit briefly before, Tom, the uh, the new Doctor. kind of sports psychologist, played by Sarah Niles. I think this is a really good, interesting character because it's the first kind of source of Ted not being always the nice guy we see because he's not very welcoming, clearly quite put out by her presence, doesn't want to... You know, I was a bit worried it's going to undercut him. And yet she's this kind of expert woman who's having, as far as we can see in episode one, really good at positive effects on people, the team like her. It's an interesting dynamic to have Ted not particularly on the right side of things. Yeah, I I liked that. Mm. And I, I liked it especially because it made me uncomfortable. It was and a bit uncomfortable. It was, which I thought was uh, brilliant with the way they wrote the scenes with uh, with Ted and and the psychologist, and the way they interacted as they were acting the scenes. I I I felt uncomfortable being in the room with them. 
which was great. And to me, that's another part of the foundation they're laying for character growth in this season. Because if if they're not growing as people, they're not going to be interesting. Which which is why I never got into Friends because it was just about about the setups for the jokes, and there was never any growth. No, we are pausing Uh, right there, Jeff Gamble. You did, don't did get I just to say, take us down a completely different you path. You don't get to say a sentence like, I never got into friends and get away with it on this show. But what is that? You've got, just, I'll give you 30 seconds to explain yourself. Okay. The characters in Friends at the beginning of the, the series, to me, were the same characters at the end of the series. Yes, they're little things like, oh, we have this relationship that uh, we didn't have at the beginning, but they were still the exact same characters. And I just, I could never get into them. I, I had the same problem with Seinfeld. Although... I, I could watch more of Seinfeld because those characters were just straight up bad people what? that didn't realize they were bad people. Tom, I'm sorry, Charlotte. Nobody told me the show was going to be this way. No, uh, thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, uh, but, you know, okay. So character. No, stop growth. both of you. Tom, redeem us. What did you make of the sports psychologist and Ted? <laughs> um, both yeah. terrible. I, I get what Jeff is saying, where you could see friends as having limited character growth. And and what Ted Lasso is doing is saying, let's have lots of character growth. Yeah. And the way I took the doctor's appearance is that if anything, this episode is weak with Ted because you're like, oh, same old Ted. Everybody loves Ted, always making his quips and his jokes, but his jokes never annoy anybody because they love Ted. And then the doctor shows up and she's like, no, that's not funny. I think what you're doing is immature and uh, I'm a, I'm a professional and please, you know, let me do my job. Um, Uh, And that vibe is an antidote for anybody watching this going like, really? Nobody's tired of Ted. Well, here's the doctor who's like, yeah, I don't really think you're special, Ted. Yeah. 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 uh, She's just met him. Yeah. And she's already tired of him simply by Mm -hmm. stepping in the room that he's in. We assume is that we don't know if there's some past tense. We don't quite know what it is, but there's, It's definitely a lot of tension, and I think it's fair for us to assume that a trained psychologist doesn't think writing believe on a piece of paper on the wall is quite sufficient in a high-pressure sporting environment. I think we can or or that, uh, that the game they're playing in the office is necessarily a, a sign of a healthy and mature uh, yes. professional relationship. It's kind of the that, that was kind of the what the, the impression that I got from her. Talking through all this, actually, the one character we still don't know very much about at this point is Beard. Hmm. He's kind of the mystic. Oh, Tom's doing the face again. You can't see it. There's no face. <laughs> no. At this point, we don't know that much about Coach Beard. He's kind of there at Ted's side. He often has the very good one-liners. I mean, the, his the one-liner delivery is expert. Um, it will be interesting to see what they do with that character as he goes along. Because often we've seen him actually knocking Ted, you know, bringing Ted back up when Ted is miserable. And and all of Beard's uh, character development was off screen last right. season. It was like he talked about his girlfriend. Maybe you saw him with the girlfriend in the pub briefly, yeah. uh, okay. it, but it was all him telling Ted about what was going on. Exactly. Well, I- that to me fits with the way his character is presented. Uh, 
because uh, because Coach Beard to me is almost like the outside observer narrating the story for us, mm. uh, like like you would have with a Greek chorus. Yeah. And uh, and so for him to have major on-screen character development, I think at least in season one would detract some from from what his character is and who his character is. Yeah, and we had to know about Ted. We had to learn about Ted as well and learn to love Ted. There's the final bit I want to bring up with you guys, just because I'm intrigued if you actually got the reference. Do you know? So we see very, very briefly Jamie Tart on a reality TV show. It's what Roy Kent is watching with his yoga mum friends. Did you, do either of you in the US get the show that it's playing off? Uh, I'm assuming it's uh, it, it, I, not Big Brother, but but the house one. Uh, it's Love, or love, yeah, it's, love Island. Yeah, thought, exactly. Okay, it's meant to love be Love Island. Island. I mean, okay. it's deeply unsubtle. Even the like the background is the same. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's actually cleverly released at the same time Love Island is on, so they've done that very very cleverly. That was quite fun, but I it intrigued me that that was such a British reference Tony, because they're very conscious. So like they do have a BBC commentator Arlo White who does the commentary when AFC Richmond are playing is a BBC commentator. What does that? There's a real people involved in football. It's Chris Power, I think, next to him the same. Um, but it's. It is interesting to have these very, very British references in there that they kind of give a wink and a nod to, which I look, I appreciate it. I was interested if other people in the US did. We've had similar shows enough to that that it probably it probably didn't hit where we're like, oh my gosh, that's the actual backdrop or whatever. But it was like, oh yeah, no, I get it. He's he's on on that kind of show. show, Yes, Um, it's going to be interesting that he's clearly kind of make a very big appearance as well i think jamie Todd. jamie Todd. i i'm sure that we will be seeing more of jamie before um before the season ends uh, nope, nope, think, that was it that's all you're gonna see of him that's it that's it i'm kidding they, they brought oh. him back for one minute he's a series regular of course you're gonna see that's yeah. not even a spoiler no that yeah, is not, not a spoiler, spoiler. Uh, and also we know from the trailer that you see him. yeah exactly um <laughs> right. the the thing that strikes me then when I was doing my review of it, I was a bit worried. I called it second season syndrome. This idea that you actually get in football, that there is a player who does really well because it's a surprise and you don't know what to expect from them. And they're really exciting and it's new. And then the second season, they don't quite deliver. And I, after the first episode, I'm worried that Ted Lasso is having that issue. Jeff Gamut, reassure me. It's okay for you to have that concern because that means, at least for you, the bar is set a little bit lower. So you will probably have more surprise and delight with future episodes than some other people will because you're not expecting as much from them. Yeah, and Um, to be clear, I want to enjoy it. I really enjoyed season one. I didn't even think this episode was bad. I just thought it was fine. Uh, um, I, I thought it was a really good episode, and I also thought it was a really difficult episode to do because they could have set it up totally as uh, okay. as the we're just riding on uh, on our success sort of thing. Let's just do the formula and uh, and keep going with that. But instead, they went uh, they went ahead and um, uh, killed a dog. Yeah, they killed the dog, <laughs> and they made Ted uh, suddenly not the perfect guy. And yeah, yeah they, they mixed it up. Some. 
Tom, reassure me. Am yeah, I going to get? Is it all going to be all right? I, I I think Jeff's right that uh, what in, in a way what they're doing with this episode is the same thing they did with the first season, which was have you go okay those promos were pretty funny, but how are you going to make a series out of this? And then if you remember episode one of Ted Lasso was not the one where you're like, Oh my gosh, they did it. Episode one was the one where you're like, Oh, well that was better than I expected. So I think what they're doing here is like, okay, we had an amazing season one, but people are going to be wondering how we can possibly top that in season two. So let's start with a, we're going to do something unexpected, kill a dog. Uh, we're, we're going to, you know, give you a basis for a good season, but we're not going to try to convince you when the first episode that this is better. And I think Jeff's right that that allows them to build off of it and take us somewhere different rather than just what the lazy thing would be to do is rehash season one all over again. Give us a great first episode where we're like, oh, yeah, that's the Ted Lasso I'm familiar with, but then not have anywhere to go from there on. Yep. It's definitely going to be interesting to watch. And maybe once the season has finished, we'll come back, the three of us, and we'll discuss. Actually, I'm not having Jeff back on again to tell me how I was wrong. We had to do it with the line. Well, I wasn't sure about it at the beginning. And then I listened to it all the way through and it was brilliant. I had to have Jeff on to like a pot. It was a whole thing. But we'll come back and maybe we'll (laughs) reflect on a lovely, hopefully a fantastic season two of Ted Lasso. But Tom Merritt, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people keep up with you? Oh, sure. Uh, you can find me on Daily Tech News Show, dailytechnewsshow.com. Uh, our attempt to help you understand the technology world. Come check it out. Definitely do. And also Cord Killers, of course, if you're into this kind of media world. Yeah, we'll um, be going through uh, Ted Lasso in our Spoiler in Time uh, episodes for Cord Killers as well. Perfect. And Jeff, where can people keep up with you? How about Twitter and Instagram? I'm Jay Gamut, both places. My YouTube channel. Uh, youtube.com slash jgamut and uh, and I get around. You can find me on a lot of shows. Google me. I'm easy to find. Fine, Jeff. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter and you can, of course, find me every day at themacobserver.com. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. Be a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs>